Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust, member FDIC. It's time for From the Short Grass with Trey Schaap, a golf podcast for those who love golf, struggle with golf, and just like to enjoy the outdoors and fellowship with friends, all while chasing a ball around trying to put it in a four and a quarter inch diameter hole. From the Short Grass is brought to you by Stevens Incorporated, an independent financial services firm with the freedom to focus on what matters most. Blackman Auctions, for over 80 years, better auctions have always been Blackman Auctions. Beachwood Pinnacle Hotels, we partner with you to deliver high yield results by managing, developing, and investing in top quality hospitality assets. And now, from the short grass, here is your host, Trey Schaap. Welcome to another edition of From the Short Grass. I am your host, Trey Schaap. The 104th PGA Championship has come to Tulsa, Oklahoma, and Southern Hills Country Club. Hosting this championship is nothing new for Southern Hills as it is hosting its fifth PGA Championship, the most of any course. Southern Hills has also hosted three U.S. Open championships. The last time Southern Hills hosted the PGA Championship, Tiger Woods won his fourth Wanamaker Trophy with a two-shot victory over Woody Austin in the sweltering Oklahoma August heat, where temps were in the triple digits all four days of the competition. The course played to a par of 70 and could be tipped out at 7,121 yards back then. This year, it still plays to a par 70, but if the distance was maxed out, it would measure 7,556 yards with both par 5s on the course tipping out at over 600 yards. The other PGA Championships held at Southern Hills were in 1994, won by Nick Price, 1982, won by Raymond Floyd, in 1990, won by Dave Stockton. Stockton took home $40,000 of the $200,000 purse that year. This year, the winner will take home as much as $2.16 million of the over $16 million purse. After the break, we will hear from some of the competitors in this year's PGA Championship at Southern Hills on a variety of topics. But before we get to the break, when you're on the road and need a place to stay overnight, I suggest going to bphotels.com and searching the outstanding hotels and properties that Beachwood Pinnacle Hotels has to offer. That's bphotels.com. We're back with more From the Short Grass after this. This is Thomas Blackman with Blackman Auctions. Me sponsoring a golf show is great irony. I've been a phenomenally bad golfer for 30 years. I don't know the difference between a penalty area and a bunker. I like it, but I'm really bad. You listen to this show and to Trey because he's a great golfer and knows the game backwards and forwards. I know auctions like Trey knows golf. I've been a professional auctioneer for 30 years. I know auctions. Trey knows golf. Listen to the correct expert. Call me to learn about auctions, not Trey. Since 1938, better auctions are Blackman Auctions. 
With all the decisions you need to make about what to do in El Dorado, finding a place to stay is an easy one. The Haywood is uniquely positioned to make your stay one to treasure. Located in the historic Union Square District of El Dorado, the Haywood offers luxurious accommodations that feature contemporary, colorful rooms with high-quality bedding. Comfortable baths with walk-in showers and a spacious workspace with stylish plantation shutters that are unique additions to the stunning decor in a non-smoking environment. Make the Haywood your home away from home the next time you visit El Dorado. Strength is measured not by the number of accounts. Strength is placing value on relationships. It's having the vision and the guts to invest in growth. It's the commitment to responsibly manage your money. At Stevens, we believe that our strengths build success, not only for us, but for our clients. Stevens, member NYSE, SIPC. Welcome back to From the Shortgrass, the 2022 PGA Championship edition from Tulsa, Oklahoma. Roy McIlroy basically had a meltdown at the Ryder Cup last year before winning in his singles match. He was asked if that win was a motivating factor in the offseason going into this year. He was also asked about the live golf movement and if there is a resolution to it at this time. On the tee at the PGA Championship, Roy McIlroy. Yeah, it was a big turning point. Um, I had an awful week at the Ryder, oh, an awful couple of days anyway. Um, and then I f- sort of freed my f- my mind up and played better in the singles and got that win against Xander. And that sort of gave me a little bit of confidence. And then I built on that and got the win in, in Vegas in the fall. Uh, and then I've played pretty consistently, you know, good golf since then. Um, so it was a big turning point for me. I, I, I went down a path um, that I thought was going to, to help you know, um, make some improvements, and it, it didn't quite work out that way. So um, just went back to basics and went back to, to trying to figure out what I did well and, and just keep, keep doing that. Um, and it's been good. I've, I've played you know, pretty consistent golf since then. I think I dropped out of the top 10 at some point during the you know, that period, and then I've got myself back up there and, um, you know, sort of working my way back up. So it's, it's, been a, it's been a good few months. Honestly, I'm rooting for it all to be over. I'm just so sick of talking about it. And, like, I'm, I've made my decision, and I know where I want to play, and I'm not standing in anyone's way, and I'm not saying that they shouldn't go over there and play. If that's what they feel is right for them, then 100% they, they should go and do it. I'm not... I'm certainly not wanting to stand in anyone's way, but you know, I think the the sooner it all happens and the sooner you know everything shakes out, the you know, I think we can all just go back to not talking about it and doing what we want to do. Next on the tee is a former Oklahoma State Cowboy, and he lives just down the road in Stillwater. Victor Hovland on if he can see talent that is tour ready when he was playing in college, and did he know he? could make it on the tour? Uh, it's a great question because um, it's it's one of those things that I like to talk to a lot of the guys that I play with on the team at Oklahoma State uh, and even some of my peers that are maybe not on the PGA Tour, maybe playing mini tours or, or different tours. Um, and it's – I used to – when I was in school, I thought it was all about just talent, technique. So I would watch someone and I would see them, okay, he's got a 182 ball speed hits it straight, is a good putter, 
can hit it high, can hit it low. Okay, he's, he looks like the, the real deal. He's going to do well. And then you, you maybe see that person don't do as well. Um, and I, I think there's a lot more in your mind, um, you know, personality traits, just how you handle pressure. Um, okay, you can hit it 182 ball speed on the, on the golf course or on the range. You, you look right there, but do you have ownership of your game? Do you know what you're doing? Um, if you're in a situation where no one's really taught you that scenario, can you really figure that out and, and perform at your best? That's essentially what it boils down to. And uh, that's a hard question to answer. You, I don't think you can really know from the outside just looking at a person. But sure, you need, you need certain, you know, you need a skill set to be able to, to be successful. Um, but I think there's, um, you know, there's an X factor, if you will, in, in, in your mind and, and kind of how you handle things. I just never really felt like I was that good. Um, in college, I was just like, okay, I don't hit it that far. I'm a streaky putter. My short game's average, but I hit it really straight and hit kind of a low cut, and I knew where it went, and I could shoot pretty good scores, but I was looking at other guys. So I'm like, oh, can't really do that. Mm, can't really do that. Oh, that was a six shot. I don't think I've hit that before, you know, but I've always just focused on getting better, and, you know, whereas other guys – Maybe they think they have all the tools and maybe psych themselves out or they become complacent. I'm always just trying to get better. And then the better you get, um, you know, you start to believe things a little bit more. But I would say when I won the USA Amateur, it kind of became, you know, I started believing in myself a little bit more. And I had a great junior year in college before I turned pro. Um, and then it was always this sense, like, in college, you know, okay, I'm, I'm beating a lot of college kids, but... The PJ Tour players, they're the next level. They do everything perfect, but then I started realizing they actually don't do it perfect, but they're still pretty good, but they just manage it really well, and that's kind of the most important thing. Speaking of the Oklahoma State Cowboys, Ricky Fowler talks about why he celebrates with friends when they win out on the PGA Tour. Out here, it's a, I mean, it's an individual sport. I mean, we, have, we all have our teams, and so it's not fully individual, but as far as you're the only one hit the ball and, and making putts. Um, but when it's all said and done, I mean, there's been plenty of times where, you know, I finished and, you know, sign my card, that's all I can do, and a friend wins, and it's, it's cool to see and celebrate that together. Um, and at the same time, it's, it's been awesome to have friends be there for me. Um, that's kind of going back to the competing with your, your friends and buddies. Um, to me, there's, there's no better feeling than when you know you've, you've beaten your buddies and you kind of have the, the bragging rights. Um, and then you accept that when your buddies beat you and you're like, all right, you, you got me this week and let's go battle it out next week. Next on the tee, Patrick Cantlay on his up and down results in majors. Maybe not enough reps. Um, I think, uh, you know, they're only four times a year. And so, you know, I haven't had, you know, too many, um, too many chances in the grand scheme of things. And I think you just, you know, sometimes it comes in bunches. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if I played a bunch of major championships really well coming up. So um, similar to the answer, I, the long answer I gave at the Ryder Cup, I think when you have a small sample size, it's really tough to, to judge critically. But, you know, give me a little time. I don't know what the media coverage was like before. I know Phil, obviously, you know, that was the narrative with him for a long time. And then he knocked off a bunch in his 30s. Um, I think uh, I think that's just kind of the way that you know people talk. I think 
it almost seems like no matter who it is, it's it's always something about that. It's you know, Rory hasn't won a major in a number of years, or Jordan has cooled off since he won three in a row, and you know, um, stuff like that. So I think with everybody, there's there's different narratives, and they always try and pick out the where you think this person should have performed a little better. Rarely do you hear the opposite. Maybe the only person you hear the opposite about is a uh, Scotty Scheffler right now. It's time to take another break, but when we come back, you will hear from John Rahm, the 2022 Master Champion Scotty Scheffler, and Tiger Woods. Since 1938, better auctions have always been Blackman Auctions. Find them on the web at blackmanauctions.com. We're back after this with more from Tulsa, Oklahoma, and a special edition of From the Short Grass at the PGA Championship. At Stevens, our philosophy is to invest every dollar as if it were our own. To seize opportunity. To anticipate rather than react. To deliver constant focus in an ever-changing world. And to pursue the objectives of our clients in order to help them reach their financial goals. A proven history of helping companies and individuals. Stevens, member NYSE SIPC. With all the decisions you need to make about what to do in El Dorado, finding a place to stay is an easy one. The Haywood is uniquely positioned to make your stay one to treasure. Located in the historic Union Square district of El Dorado, the Haywood offers luxurious accommodations that feature contemporary, colorful rooms with high-quality bedding. Comfortable baths with walk-in showers and a spacious workspace with stylish plantation shutters that are unique additions to the stunning decor in a non-smoking environment. Make the Haywood your home away from home the next time you visit El Dorado. This is Thomas Blackman with Blackman Auctions. Me sponsoring a golf show is great irony. I've been a phenomenally bad golfer for 30 years. I don't know the difference between a penalty area and a bunker. I like it, but I'm really bad. You listen to this show and to Trey because he's a great golfer and knows the game backwards and forwards. I know auctions like Trey knows golf. I've been a professional auctioneer for 30 years. I know auctions. Trey knows golf. Listen to the correct expert. Call me to learn about auctions, not Trey. Since 1938, better auctions are Blackman auctions. Welcome back to From the Short Grass and our 2022 PGA Championship special episode. On the tee, the 2022 Masters champion, Scotty Scheffler. He discusses the importance of trusting every part of your game to win in a major and what part of his game he works on leading into a major. And finally how he handled that final round Sunday at Augusta National. You know, something I always kind of go back to, I think Jordan said in an interview after one of his first few majors was you have to have trust in all facets of your game in order to win these tournaments. And um, kind of like I I touched on a little bit earlier, but having trust to say, hey, I can attack this pin because I know this spot off the green is somewhere where I can get the ball up and down. It may not be somewhere where everybody can get up and down from, but I know that I can. and it may be sort of an eye test thing. I may see shots a little bit differently than other people do. There could be some really easy ones where I'm like, no, that doesn't, doesn't really suit my eye. And so I think a lot of it is just kind of managing your way around the golf course. And um, with the conditions looking, if the, the wind stays up like it is right now, it's not going to be any crazy low scoring. So it's going to be a lot of uh, kind of managing your way and making a lot of pars. So I think, I think in order to win major championships and beat you know, these amazing fields, uh, you got to really have faith in all aspects of your game. You can't really be protecting against anything because you got to put it all on display out here. And to get around this golf course, it's not going to be just pure ball striking or anything like that. It's, it's going to take a variety of different things in order to play well out here. And so um, for me, I've just been preparing like usual. And um, you know, my game feels like it's in a good spot. And 
I'm just uh, looking forward to this week. There's a lot that goes on with that golf tournament. And for me, I always struggle kind of letting people in. And so in that moment, I was just honest with my wife. I was like, man, this is like, I'm really scared. Like this is, you know, this is a big day for me. What better opportunity to win my first major than the Masters? I mean, it's a tournament everybody wants to win the most. And I have a three-shot lead. And, you know, there's really only a handful of guys that had a chance. And so for me, what better opportunity there is than now? And, you know, I kind of felt the weight of that because I've, I've wanted that for so long. And so I just told my wife, I was like, man, this is hard. You know, it's not easy to win golf tournaments. It's not easy to win the Masters. And, you know, I don't believe that it's easy for anybody. I think, you know, what... Tiger's dad told him before he won in 97, he's like, it's going to be the hardest round of golf of your life, but it's also going to be the most rewarding for him. And so I don't, I don't think it's easy for anybody to win golf tournaments. And so for me to you know, just be honest with myself and approach it the way I did, I think was, was really helpful. Now on the tee, talking how he felt after Augusta and when he knew he would be able to play the Masters and the PGA, and also why minorities are not picking up the game of golf. Here is... Tiger Woods. I, I was, <laughs> everyone around me was very happy and ecstatic that I got around all 72 holes. Um, I did not see it that way on Monday. Um, I was a little ticked that I didn't putt well and um, felt like yeah, I, I was hitting it good enough and I wish I had the stamina. I, you know, it's a normal Typical golfer, what the what ifs, you know, if I would have done this, I would have done that, I would have done this. Um, but taking a step back and look at the overall big picture of it, it was, it was, a, it was an accomplishment. Um, but there's that other side of me that says that if I would have done things differently, I could have challenged for that thing. And I know that golf course, and I just, maybe next year would be different. Well, when I went up and did the scouting trip with uh, JT, Rob, and, and Charlie, and was able to play, uh, we played all 18, then we went over and played the par three course. And uh, yeah, I, I did it, but man, it hurt for a couple of days. Uh, but I was able to do it. Uh, maybe I could work my way into it somehow. And um, just kept kept pushing and kept um, hoping that I could somehow figure out a way, you know, it's, it's, I mean, I have to endure some uncomfortableness. Um, but it was even that week as I played practice rounds, I was still trying to figure out, you know, sh- can I do this over the, you know, over 72 holes? And I was able to do it. Unfortunately, I just didn't have the endurance or the stamina. And I wish I would have put it better so I would have given myself a chance. But I, I just think that... Uh, it, I've, I've put in a lot of hard work with my team, and I believe in I believe in them and what they they have been able to get me to do. Um, I just have to go out there and I obviously do it and hit the golf shots. Now I've had to alter my golf swing a little bit here and there, and practice sessions and work on things, and I've had to do a lot of it shadow swinging in front of mirrors because um, I'm just not able to handle impact. Um, but I've gotten better and stronger since then, and will continue to improve. Well, if you look at, if you, you want to, do, to go the club, the club pro route, that's one story. If you want to go minority access or um, not access, um, introduction to the game of golf, I think that has, has changed quite a bit. And the reason why I've, I've said this my entire career is that it's the advent of the golf cart. You know, the summers and used to be the caddies were uh, predominantly non-white and they were introduced to the game through caddy programs around the country and that 
doesn't happen anymore. The, there are clubs that have caddies, but there aren't as many anymore with the advent of the golf cart. So other sports are now starting to get these, these, these athletes, and the introduction to golf is not happening at a youthful age. And the, the costs of just the, not just the introduction, but just the maintenance and, and trying to participate in the game of golf. Um, like I, I said this in, at the Hall of Fame, is that you know, my parents had to take out a second mortgage you know, for me just to be able to compete at a junior golf level. And so that, it's tough. It's tough on families that don't have the, the funds to do it. Um, but yes, access is, is a tough thing, and um, the USGA has done an amazing job. The tour is trying to do a, a great job, and there are other organizations that are trying to do um, amazing stuff to try to get more minority youth involved in the game and introduced. But how do you sustain that? That's the hard part, is how do you keep them in there for years at a time? And then you, you look at the pyramid effect. So as the more you go up, the harder the competition and the more kids are going to be dropped. Before we get into our weekly rules segment here on From the Short Grass, I need to thank our sponsors for allowing us to do what we do. It's been a great year one, and we're looking for better things in year two. Blackman Auctions, they've been with us since day one. Thomas Blackman, he saw the vision I had for this, and he's been with us since day one. BlackmanAuctions.com. Since 1938, better auctions have always been Blackman Auctions. Matthew Allen, Blair Allen, B photels.com that's beachwood pinnacle hotels they are the best when it comes to managing hotel properties anywhere across the state and across the south and i want to thank stevens inc without their support a lot of from the short grass would not be possible so thank you to our sponsors thank you to our listeners it's now time for our rules segment with pga master professional adam carney And ironically, back in 2007, Adam Carney was a rules official at the PGA Championship here at Southern Hills in Tulsa, Oklahoma. If you will remember back to an earlier episode of From the Short Grass, Adam described a ruling he had to make with Vijay Singh about an immovable obstruction. The crosswalk sign. Vijay thought that it wasn't movable. Adam said, yes, it is movable. So Adam started rocking it back and forth, and eventually it came loose, and he pulled it out of the ground, and VJ had to hit his shot. VJ won in relief. Adam, the rules official, comes in, says, no, VJ, I'm not going to give you relief. Here, this is movable. So they moved it. VJ had to go on and play the hole. On the tee, our PGA master professional, with an emphasis on the rules of golf, Adam Carney. Adam, let's say we're off the green and uh, we're about to chip and we hit the ball and as our club is coming up, it hits the ball again. So basically a double hit. In the past, you'd be penalized for that. Correct. What is the ruling now? So yeah, in in the past, the stroke would have counted and then you would have had a one-stroke penalty for striking a moving ball. Now that has changed um, to the point where because of the continuation of the stroke, let's say you kind of chili chunk one a little bit mm-hmm. and the club is moving faster than the ball and you clip it again, then that's no longer a penalty because it's, it was a result is an unintentional result of, of the stroke. So uh, they've done away with the additional one stroke penalty for striking that ball. 
moving in that situation. Have you ever seen one where a guy hit it twice and it actually ended up going in the hole? I've never seen that one. Um, saw a guy hit it twice in Scotland, second out of a bunker. Um, shot straight up in the air, landed right in my right hand. I tucked it in my pocket, and he looked for five minutes for that golf ball. <laughs> no, no way. And I finally said, oh, wait, here it is. It's in my pocket. <laughs> so, yeah, he, he had no idea where it went. He, and how much was on that hole, or how much were you all playing for? <laughs> he was out of the hole. It was about his Some eighth Guinness try. or something? Yeah, it was about his, it was at Mirfield, and he was in a deep greenside bunker. But, uh, yeah, that was one of the better ones. But, yeah, you can you can you know. There's lots of occasions where you might strike a moving ball. I mean, that's one example, right? So, right. another example with, that we used to have is you know a player addresses his golf ball, makes a swing, and as on his downswing, the ball moves just slightly. He doesn't discontinue his swing, and he hits the golf shot. Well, prior to the rules change, he was going to get a one-stroke penalty for striking a moving ball. Um, now we have to determine if the player caused that ball to move. Right. Um, and if he didn't, there's not going to be a penalty. Um, if he did, then there would be a penalty. So it, it can get a little dicey on determining whether or not he caused that ball to move. Sure. I think probably nine times out of 10, he didn't His gravity takes over, but, um, it's, it's a situation where, you know, previously, you know, you, you, you got a ball that's maybe kind of – it's in the rough and it's kind of sitting up in the rough a little bit, and you don't even ground your club. I mean, you just you – Because just, you don't want that ball to you move. You don't want the ball all. to move. You yeah. can tell it's kind of sitting up a little bit, and you make your golf swing, and on the way down, the ball drops down maybe an inch further into the rough. The ball moves while you're making a stroke. You didn't cause it to move. Gravity just took over. Mm-hmm. And he goes ahead and makes a swing. He's going to be penalized for that, and – Again, just kind of the softer, gentler nature of the rules of golf, it didn't seem right to penalize a player for for gravity. Let me ask you this one. You probably wouldn't see this on one of the tours or even at maybe the high amateur events, but maybe a local event where you've got two players hitting from either side of the fairway and one doesn't know that the other one is hitting. They both hit at the same time, and their balls actually hit in the air or on the green. Yeah, so that's a different rule. That that's you know a ball in motion that's deflected or stopped. Um, so that situation is a little different than playing a moving golf ball, um, and, the, and the ruling is a little bit different. So um, you know, in in again, form of play is going to dictate here. Is it match play? Is it stroke play? Sure. Um, you know, if it, if it's match play, um, the player who's whose turn it was to play is is going to have the opportunity to replay and so is the other player stroke play a little bit different situation um you know it's just one of those things ball in motion is moved by another ball in motion both balls are played from the new position so um there is one other opportunity that you can play a moving ball without penalty and you know what it is i don't okay in the water. That's right. Ah, uh, yes. So if your ball is in the water and it's like moving, in a stream and it's moving, you yeah, can so play if it's, it. Yeah, so it's slowly moving down a stream, you can play it. Ben Crenshaw famously did that one time. Um, however, you cannot wait 
for that ball. So let's say you're playing a par five and it's your tee shot. You cannot wait for that ball to get all the way down by the green before you play your second shot. Oh, I got you. If the ball, if the stream is taking it that way, <laughs> correct. Yeah, you know. So assuming it's taking it toward the hole, you cannot look up and figure out. Okay, well, if I wait about mm, fifteen minutes, this ball's going to be down by the green, and then I. Well, what if you that. don't wait fifteen minutes? What if it's moving a little faster and you wait two minutes, but you're walking along it as it's moving? Well, as long as you're not un- unduly delaying play. I mean, yeah. Hey, if it's moving fairly rapidly, um, I'm not sure I'm going to take that chance, to be honest with you. If it's just kind of – Because it could get a lot deeper in the water, too. It could. You could miss. There's all kinds of bad things that could happen. So it depends on the speed. But but that is one of the rules and that where you it was okay. Prior to the new rules changes, right. that was the only case that you were okay to play a moving ball without penalty. He's Adam Carney, our rules expert. If you have a question on the rules of golf, send us an email from the shortgrass at gmail.com. You know, it's hard to believe that it's been a year ago that I started this podcast from the short grass. I want to thank all of you that have listened over this past year. You've emailed, you've called into some of the shows on 1037 The Buzz. It's been fun to interact with you. We're not going anywhere. We're going to keep improving this podcast and making it better. We are lining up guests day in and day out. We're going to talk about some of the good golf courses that you can play. We will bring people on from those courses to talk about how you can get on to those courses. We're going to talk about those that love the game of golf. And it might just be an everyday average player from time to time that joins us on From the Short Grass. We have a lot in store in year two of From the Short Grass. I leave you with this. I hope you're able to get out and play. Yes, it's going to start getting warm, but that's when the game gets good. It's better to be warm than have to put on so many layers that you can't play because of the cold. But I remind you, when you find a ball mark on the green, fix it and a couple of more. I hope you have a next wonderful round of golf the next time you're on the course, and I hope to see you from the short grass you've been listening to from the short grass a weekly podcast dedicated to the game of golf this has been a presentation of the buzz radio network